And a lot of times, like going back to what he said, like you just want to um, help people. A lot of times you have to be careful who you help because, you know, everybody has karma. So, you know, like we said in the past, you know, you don't really end a cycle until you really learn the cycle. Right. So, like, if you help somebody who's in that process of learning that cycle, you're stopping them from really ending so it. True. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, like, you have to be careful who you help because sometimes those people deserve that. As hard as it may seem to our eyes, like, we're seeing, like, damn, you don't deserve that. But you don't know what that person went through in their past life or you don't know what they're going through now or what they did to put them in that predicament. Exactly. You got to let them suffer. You got to let them. But you have to be careful. Yeah. Because you have to know if you should help them or if you or if they need to really go through that. What's up, what's up? This is the Chop by T Podcast, where we get real, raw, authentic barbershop conversations. I'm your host, T. And to the very far right of me, we got my brother in the building, my bodyguard, man. Tell him what's up, Sco. What up, what up, what up? And in the middle, we got a special guest. Hey, I'm TK. Christine. TK? You want to you wanna go by TK? Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay, either way, we'll go TK. <laughs> That's actually a little easy. Um, you know, I want to get right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been uh, stalking your page a lot, looking around and everything, and we've seen that you do poetry. Yes, I do. And uh, I'm a poet myself. I don't know if uh, I had to make sure I put the book right here. Little plug, shameless plug right here. Uh, this is my very first book. I self-published it. It's called The Curse Ones, and I got The Curse Ones, too. So I do a little poetry myself. Um, First, before we even get into all of that, I want to uh, hear a little bit about you, your life. Uh, you are Christine. You come from so on and so forth. Go yeah. Ahead. So I'm Christine. I come from Nashville. Um, my parents, they're not from here. Um, my dad, he's Cuban. My mom's Costa Rican. And, um, you know, I just grew up in that household. And I've been writing poetry since I was, like, in middle school. I just felt like it was a good outlet for me. So, um then I kind of threw it away in high school, and I just, like, deleted everything, threw away everything that I ever written. And I didn't start back up until I came to college. And then my freshman year, so I was trying to look for, you know, people like me, poets mm-hmm. and stuff. And then I found some people, and they kind of brought me back out of my yeah, show. Yeah, you regained your passion for mm-hmm. it. Of course. I don't try to get you on a couple of my shows in the past. I think you had to work once before. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I enjoy. I I thoroughly enjoy poetry. Uh, I want to ask you, like, what's the source of your um, your creativity? Because I hear you say you stopped. Was there a reason why you stopped? I was gonna ask that. Yeah, it was just I don't know. It was just weird. Like one day I woke up and I was gonna write, and then I don't know what came in me. It was just like a. It was like fuck this. Yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. So I just like threw everything away. It just came to the moment. I don't know why. Yeah, no, nah, that's usually how it is. I mean, Sco, you can vouch for that as creatives and everything, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. sometimes you just hit the moments where you're just like, man, fuck this. I'm not really feeling this anymore. I done wrote a lot of stuff in my phone and just, like, I didn't necessarily delete it, but, like, I just, mm-hmm. it's like I'm real, like, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like, it's like you're super vulnerable when you want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you just put yourself out there like that. I don't be wanting to do it sometimes. Yeah, and then people in middle school and high school, they never knew I did poetry. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until I went to college, I started posting on my Instagram, and my friends from high school were like, I never knew you yeah. did that. And I was like, yeah. like I've been doing it. I just never Crazy thing is, confident. same with me. I wrote that book that I just showed you when I was 15. Uh, nobody ever knew I, I did poetry. See, this is the thing about when you're writing, period, mm-hmm. or when you're giving yourself and you're giving your most vulnerable self. It's like you bearing your soul. Mm-hmm. So you're really giving somebody a piece of you that, that's vulnerable and that's like uh, susceptible to be judged and so on and so forth. And sometimes they can be, it can be uneasy, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Right. So I definitely, even at, what's the phrase go, with um, 
Erica Badu is I'm serious about my my I'm an artist and I'm uh, serious about my shit. So don't I don't know. So I don't know. I, I was like, you asked me to reference that. Hey, listen, I was gonna <laughs> fuck that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now keep in mind, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about, about my, my shit. shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. a lot she of the times, yeah. yeah, the reason why a person's sensitive about that shit is because they bearing their soul. And, and in most cases, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. I make it a point. I got a lot of partners that's rappers and shit. I make it a point to never tell them if they shit good or bad right. because I don't know. Right. At the end of the day, it's your art. So you can see things that other people can't see. And when they discredit your art, it kind of brings you down because it's like, damn, like I put my all into this shit and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. I got a poem called Bitch, You Hurt Me. <laughs> I'm going to put it out one day. Can you say it now? <laughs> no, I don't want to say it now. Just one line. <laughs> Two lines. I just That's told it. y'all, bitch, you hurt me. That's the first <laughs> Is that how it starts? Line? Yeah, it's the first uh, line. <laughs> she killed it. <laughs> what did she do? Let's talk about that. Nah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you okay? It's, it's going to take me back. I might start crying. And this shit. is a safe place <laughs> on the Chop by T podcast. <laughs> this is a safe place. <laughs> like, He's this, a little sensitive right this now. This is a safe place, brother. You can, yeah, you can cry on this motherfucker. No, because you gonna y'all going to edit this shit and put like... <laughs> He caught on. He caught on to what we've been doing. All this shit, but 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 I get it though. And sometimes like words are so powerful. I read this book. um, What's the book called? Fuck, it's a. Is it from Malcolm Gladwell? No, it's not from Malcolm. I was waiting on talking to strangers. Malcolm ain't getting no love on this. I done DM this nigga twenty five (laughs) times. Malcolm, you better tap in with me, nigga. I'm pulling up. I'm gonna pull up on your ass. Sick of this shit. I done DM Malcolm 28 times. He ain't hit me back yet. But no, this book is um, Don Miguel. I don't know, but uh, Four Agreements. That's the name Mm -hmm. of the book. Y'all don't hear the Four Agreements. It's a popular book. And it's just like um, one of the agreements is that uh, just about using your words and you can cast spells using your words a Mm -hmm. lot of the time and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Like, so words hold so much power. I mean, me and Sko talk daily. Me and Demo talk shit daily. It's about manifestation. Mm-hmm. All the time when we're talking, it's about manifestation in regards to our podcast and everything like that. That's the way we manifest. You you find people who like-minded people because you just said something earlier. You said um, you had to find people at MTSU who did poetry like you. Right. So you get around like-minded people and you just manifest and it's just a vibe. And a lot of the times that'll get that creativity going. Yeah. Because the power of the tongue is inevitable. Right. Like it's, it holds a lot of power. So whatever you're speaking, you're, like, casting spells. Like, everything you say is a spell. Mm-hmm. So you're casting spells in the universe. Like, I s- had to watch what I was saying to myself sometimes. Because, right. like, I used to say, like, oh, I'm broke. You know, college students, like, I'm broke, I'm broke. And then, like, you would start seeing in the future throughout time, like, you're really struggling financially right. and then stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's like I had to watch out what I was saying. Like, okay, I mean, I have it in the moment, but it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Like, you know, I had to really watch out for myself because um, words are spells. Yeah. So they are, they hold a lot of weight. You have to watch out what you say, even even if you're just playing around, but they don't take that stuff lightly. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Right. Christine, I want to go back to what you said about poetry. So I know you say you never put it out to anybody, but was there – Besides yourself, you know, maybe you were self-sabotaging, but was there anybody around you like that was maybe giving you giving you bad criticism or giving you bad feedback? And that was maybe a reason why. Or what do you mm-hmm. think? Like, I want you to get into your head and I'm no, trying to figure yeah, out why like, you just would stop out of nowhere. Maybe. It's just creative. Yeah. Like we all have those moments. Like I paint and there's times where I stop painting. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'll draw and I get bored. I'm like, I'm not even that good. Like you'll see other people, you'll hear other people. And that's when you really start critiquing yourself. And then you're like, because you'll have people come up to you and they're like, oh, this is the best poem like I've ever heard in my life. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Say all these beautiful things to you. And then you look at somebody else and you're like, no, they are way better than me. Like, what do you see in me that I see in them? Like, And so that's when you start really like breaking yourself down. As an artist, like you're your biggest critique. Absolutely. Like literally your biggest critique. Yeah. So well, it doesn't matter what anybody says, like. Erica Badu could come up to me and tell me something, and I wouldn't. It don't matter because right. yeah. right. yeah. I'm in my own head. Yeah, you said you stopped in middle school, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe because you probably was the only person doing it. Right? Well, no, like my I stopped like my freshman year in high school. Okay. Like I just kind of like gave everything up. But um, I had a friend, one friend. I mm-hmm. gave her my poems. Like I was like, "What do you think? What do you think?" And she loved them all. Loved like them all. she was impressed. Like yeah. she was shocked. She was like, "I never knew you could write like right. that." Like you know. 
And then that kind of gave me some confidence. But then again, like, I would go back and look at old poems. I would reread them. I'm like, no. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. You know? So your father is Cuban mm-hmm. and your mother is Costa Rican. Mm-hmm. How was that dynamic in the house? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy yeah, mix. Right. Like, real crazy <laughs> nah, mix. I can imagine. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, so it got it. I know that's a, a clash of cultures right there. Because yeah. one thing about I know about Cubans, Cubans, they just like, it's everybody else and it's them over here. Yeah, they mm-hmm. stubborn. Yeah, right yeah. They so. don't play. No, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. yeah. So I imagine that must have been like a. Uh, like they would make fun of each other all the time. Yeah. Like my dad would be like, well, my country, we don't do that. And my mom would be like, well, my country, we don't say that. And it's like, okay, it's the same <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's so crazy, right? It's mm-hmm. the same, really. But yeah, it's like, but it's different. It's like in America, like, you got people up north and down south. They mm-hmm. do different things. We do different things. They say different things. We right. say different things. So that's what it is in, like, Latino countries. Like, we're, it's all the same, but it's just different. That's crazy that you say that. I used that example on one podcast. You remember, like, it's like nobody is monolithic. Meaning, like, we all, we just, so I mean, even if you just take down Tennessee itself, from uh, East Tennessee to Middle Tennessee to West Tennessee, it's, like, different places. Yep. So imagine when you're doing it on a larger scale in regards to, like, you know, states or countries mm-hmm. or so on and so forth. So, yeah, no, I, I, I can only imagine the different foods and the different, like, mm-hmm. everything in the house growing up. Yeah, because, like, we have a dish, it's called congri. Mm. It's black beans and rice. And... Like, the way Cubans prepare it and then the way Costa Ricans prepare it is different. Like, Costa Ricans call it um, pinto. Mm. So it's, like, different. Mm. Like, the way they prepare it, everything. So it's just funny, like, just growing up and then my dad would make it. And I would know there's a difference, like, if my mom or dad made it. So. Which side got the best food? Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um, I don't know. Like, they, they both are... You answer. just put me on the spot. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> they both are really good. But I would say <laughs> I would be more lenient towards the Cuban side because I was okay. mainly raised around my Cuban family. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Um. But. So even you know the native language both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So it's because I I do know it's it's the essentially the same language, but yeah. it's like it's different, different variations. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. How was that like? Um. It was okay. Like, I mean, when I'm around my Cuban family, like, I notice a big difference. Like, occasionally I would visit my Costa Rican family, but they're all the way in Costa Rica. So Mm. that's, like, when we have a chance. Mm. And I would just notice, like, first of all, Cubans, they talk super fast. Like, super fast. And they're very vulgar. Like, they cuss (laughs) after every single word. So (laughs) even the women, like, it's just all around. (laughs) And so, you know, when I'm at my grandma's house, like, she's cussing 24-7, talking loud. Cubans talk super loud. Like, they could have a regular conversation in here. You could hear them all the way from building K. Yeah. And they like just black Americans right. to me. Sound <laughs> <laughs> <Kinda> like niggas. <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny, though. You strike me as like a, a you're even toned and you're very quiet. Mm-hmm. So that's my why mom, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Is that the Costa, Costa Rican side? Costa are very passive. Yeah. They're super calm, super yep. chill. But I do have my loud moments. I just like you can turn I'm up very, when it's time to turn up. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm very. Dejan, tell us about it. This is a safe space. What should be doing to you? She be beating you up, bro. <laughs> we ask every we ask every man that come on that. Does she hit you? You be hitting him? No, not oh, okay. like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I already know. Like, Y'all even worse than, like, black female Americans. Like, y'all don't play that shit. Mm-mm. No, yeah, we don't. At all. <laughs> y'all we don't, don't play that shit. <laughs> I already know what's going on. But, no, um, I just wanted to get that kind of, like, backstory of your mm-hmm. family and everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's important um, to know and to understand um, because it is that passion. It's the passion in the home. It's the pa- You see the different cultures and everything like that. Therefore, I always found, like, learning. When I was in school, I played. I was in the band. Uh, it was short. I didn't do it that long, but you know, I got to keep my street character. <laughs> we played the, the damn flute. <laughs> I did. I played the flute. Look at this guy. Look at that's a good one, Scott. What I played play? the flute. They play high cross buns. Played the flute. I was a trumpet player, but I was in the band, and I found once I learned how to read music, and I learned how to like um, just you know just. Uh, I guess it's read music or I often hear people say learning different languages and stuff like that. A lot of time they can help you like, I don't know, it expand your mind a little bit more and everything. So to somebody like me who understood or not 
necessarily understood, but who understand that you knowing the different cultures and being able to be experienced and cultured in that way from every angle, mm-hmm. it would make sense for you to do poetry or do art or something like that, in my mind, anyway, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, like, my family, I think from my mom's side, yeah, my mom's side, they're super creative. Like uh-huh. My sister, she draws, she does crafts. My other sister, she paints, and she also does crafts, too, and she, like, builds stuff. My mom likes to build stuff. Mm-hmm. And my uncles, like, they can draw really well. Yeah. So I feel like it just runs in the family. Like, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. all of that. So uh, you were born and raised here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you don't really even, it It wasn't, I, we had the same conversation episode. I don't know whatever episode it was. It was now with Adrian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one with Adrian uh, about Asian hate and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You were born here, so you never even got a chance to, like, fully, I mean, you, you got a chance. Uh, clearly, you know your family on both sides, but you never got a chance to experience, like, like that, like Cubans, I know they get a like a hard. They had got a hard time or whatever, right? From as far as like, you know, where they come from and all of that, and, and Costa Ricans as well. So it's like you never really got a chance to t- to feel that full effect when you go back home. Are you seen like as American or how do they view you? You think? Yeah, like um, when I go to Costa Rica, like all my cousins. I haven't been to Cuba yet. Mm-hmm. I've been oh, trying right. mm-hmm. for a long time, but my mom was always on it. No, yeah. <laughs> so, but um. Costa Rica, when we go, like, my cousins, Mm. they look at me like I'm a god. They don't know. Like, they just, it's all propaganda. Uh They just like what they see on TV. But when you get here, it's a different story. So they look at me like I'm a god. They're like, oh, you're so lucky to, like, live in America. You must be able to do this, 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 and that. And I just look at them like. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's very humbling when you visit places like that. Like, we don't have microwaves. We don't have, like, dishwashers and stuff like that. Like, you wash stuff by hand. Like, you got to cook it on the stove. I'll be you ready to come back. It. <laughs> like, <I wanna> go <laughs> home. The hot water, like, it's a tropical place. So, you don't have hot water. Yeah. You have, like, cold, almost, like. Because it's so hot. Yeah, yeah, it's so hot. Yeah. And then it's just real humbling. Like, you just, no AC. Nothing. Oh, the showers it's be cold? tropical, yeah. Let's go. Super tropical. Like. Let's go like, fuck that. I need my microwave now. <laughs> I need no, that really. <laughs> but taking them cold showers, it, bo- it boosts your immune system, don't it? Fuck Man, that. I don't know, but all I know is we boil some water, <laughs> put it in the bucket. Oh, so y'all like, we taking we, hot showers. Yeah. We not doing that. Yes. Yeah. No, I couldn't really stand the cold. It's too late. Like, it's yeah, too. Yeah, it wakes you up like yeah. super fast. i never been there, but I, I do know that it's a beautiful place, though. No, it is. You know? Now, if you get a hotel, yeah. Yeah, you'll have the AC, you'll have the hot showers and stuff. But if you're living with family, yeah. no, you don't have none of that. Nah, that's so interesting, though. Mm-hmm. I always want to learn about that. I would like to sit down sometime and just talk to people about, you know, people who have that family out- outside. Because us as black Americans, a lot of the times, we don't we don't know. We just know, you know, mm-hmm. shit, where we are. Where you we know? are. So <laughs> we don't know, like, native homes or right. native land or whatever. I, I mean, this is our native land for the most part, so... Mm-hmm. We only we don't know like going back home and experiencing that, and they tell you that you're lucky, they're lucky as well, you know, mm-hmm. just to not have to deal with the extra shit. But I do want to step back into the the creative thing or whatever with 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 you. Um, so you do poetry? Do you have you uh, thought about writing books or anything? Do you have? Yes, a book? I have. Mm-hmm. So like what you showed me, I've been thinking about that for a long time. So like when I started back writing my freshman year, I've been thinking about making a book because I do have like a lot of poems and stuff. And um, a lot of people have, you know, brought that idea to me. I just, I don't know, I'm kind of, like, iffy about it. I got you. I got you. I don't know. The process of it, it seems cool, it seems fun, but, like, just piecing everything together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it can be tedious for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and even we in a uh, space now, and I tell people this all the time, like, we in a space now, like, digital, digital, digitally, the alcohol kicking in, <laughs> digitally, like, we in a space right now where, um, for the most part, you could just upload poems and stuff like that online, mm-hmm. or you can create your own YouTube, and you can just create your own lane. Whether it's poetry, whether it's like short stories, whatever, you can create your own lane. Um, and I think that's something that we need to take advantage of because the reality is people don't read as much. People like it's audible. You listen to your books right. and stuff like that. People don't read as much anymore. That's why I want to make like videos now. Absolutely. Like, I used to make videos, but they weren't like on a creative. It was just me recording myself. Yeah. But I wanted to go like more creative in it, like. Mm-hmm. Probably do some animation, something. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be key. That's dope. Mm-hmm. That's going to be key. 
I always wanted to be a cartoonist myself. A lot of people don't know that about me. You gonna have one like yourself? No, nah, I just no, nah, I just wanted to be a cartoonist uh, myself. Okay. So I just wanted to make cartoons, you know, like Mickey Mouse and mm-hmm. shit, brother. The head on that motherfucker was gonna be huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, by the time motherfucker called me Little Bill, <laughs> I'm at the damn uh, nurse station. Motherfucker saying, "Hey, Little Bill," I ain't saying shit. I knew she talking to me, but I'm, I'm like, I ain't, to that. I ain't answering that shit. You could better ask my goddamn name. Hey, Lil Bill. Lil Bill. That's messed up. I was like, I, I bet she was black too. Yeah, she was black. <laughs> they always got I was, I'm looking at my phone like, bitch, I ain't Lil Bill. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. She said, Lil Bill. I'm like, what? <laughs> she said, you look like Lil Bill. I just wanted to call you Lil Bill. You like Lil Bill with hair. You like Lil Bill all grown up. I said, That's so messed up. I just what I told her. I said, <laughs> Bitch, I'll kill your dog. <laughs> Would Lil Bill kill your dog? Because I'll kill your fucking dog. Like, how about that? She didn't know she was talking to a psycho. Like, bitch, I am not Lil Bill. I'm far from him. But no, seriously, though, um, I always wanted to be a cartoonist for real. And that would be dope if you can uh, apply that yeah. and create that space. Listen, creatives need to be creatives. Oh, yes. At the core of us, all we want to do is be creative. Listen, people want to create and they want to help. That's all people want to do, create or help. Or both of them. You know, that's all we want to do, and creators need to be creative. You know, and I, I, I honestly think, in a paradise or ideal world, we that um, we live in, we would just be able to like not have to worry about the, the hustle and bustle, the grind, the working nine to fives and all that. We would just mm-hmm. be able to do the things yeah. we want. You know what I mean? That would be paradise for me anyway. I think depression, it would be less depression if, if that was the case. Yeah. No, yeah. And then it's crazy because now they're taking art away from schools. Crazy. So, yes. Like, and they've been doing that for a while. They're trying to take it out the whole, like, Damn, U.S. curriculum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? They are, I don't know. They just feel like the funding is not worth the funding and oh. stuff. But it's like, art is everything. Like, art is everything. It's just like, you know, like those colors on the. Had like, that's okay. They need to take out them weak ass history classes. No, yes. (laughs) I don't care about no Columbus. That's me. They don't even teach you the real shit. So I was going to say, don't they don't teach the right stuff. So they only no teach point. you what they want you to know. So. Exactly. They're trying to assimilate everybody. So mm-hmm. all we know is American culture. Yeah. yeah. Literally know. how it is. That's yeah. why people are so ignorant. Yeah. To Back. the outside. Mm-hmm. Back. And I figured that's the way, like, so. Even just going back to what you said in regards to just like uh, taking away art from school, a lot of times it's all we live in such a capitalistic society mm-hmm. to a point to where everything revolves around money. Mm-hmm. And anytime they can eliminate something, like and even going back to what you said, business everything is art. Even business is art. I said mm-hmm. that once before. Business is art. It's mm-hmm. an art to doing everything. Art is just short for artificial, meaning if you can create something in your head and and. Uh, make life to it or or bring life to it that's that's what that is i I said that on the episode with tavian but i don't think he fully grasped what i was saying Mm -hmm. because when i say artificial people think of something that's fake right Mm -hmm. but that's not the case not the case artificial if you say ai artificial intelligence that's something that you thought of yourself and you made that into a reality Mm -hmm. that doesn't make it fake it just means it's artificial Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of it's not natural Mm -hmm. right like us like we had to go through the process you know, be boring, grow right, or right. whatever. But if you create something artificially, that's what that is. And yeah, like that's all art is. I love it. I love everything about it. So. Me too. And it's just like, just kind of like a reflection of you Absolutely. at the end of the day. That's why everybody's art so different. Like, you know, the rug is art. Your shirt is art. My shoes are art. Your tattoos. Uh-huh. Your shirt too. Like everything around you, like it's art. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's very fundamental. And while they would take it out of schools, they're just trying to. Suppress everybody. I Budget. That's mm-hmm. yeah. messed up. Going back, going back to that. Do you know? Um, have your parents? I know you said you haven't been to Cuba, and I would assume that's for obvious reasons with the Fidel Castro and type stuff like that. Do you know the history of all that? Have they educated you on that? Yes. Like my dad, that's all he talks about. How do we feel about Fidel? He hates him. <laughs> Like, with a passion. That's why he came here. Like, yes, like, they hate him. My grandparents, like, anybody Cuban, the moment you get political, 
it's not going back. Yeah. <laughs> like they get they get really deep in it. And then just growing up, like my dad, he would just always tell me like what it was like living in the streets, like of Cuba, and then just like the things he would see, the system that he had to go through. You know, just like you could only afford toothpaste, but you couldn't afford the toothbrush. Yeah. You could afford yeah. rice, but you couldn't afford the bread. Like you know, just like too much things. Like it was just the way the system was. Like a McDonald's worker would get the same pay as um as a doctor. Yeah. Like it's crazy, you know, it's just like the life that they live down there. I never went, but I always wanted to go. Like, you know, my grandpa always tried to take me, but my mom was always saying no. Uh, hey, like I, I, I want you to yeah. just correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I read a lot, so I I heard this somewhere. Fidel Castro wasn't even Cuban, right? Or was he? Or I heard he was Italian. No, he was Cuban. He was Cuban. Okay, he okay, was Cuban, okay. Yeah. See, he I read too Cuban. much conspiracy shit. Nah, <laughs> you know, Fidel so, was Cuban. Somebody told me, well, I read somewhere that he wasn't even like a Cuban. He was actually Italian. You know, but maybe I could. That I, well, you just corrected me. So, but like that is like common. Probably Cuban. had like Italian descendants, uh-huh. but a lot of Cuban descendants are either from Africa or Spain because uh-huh. that's like what took over Cuba. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy to me. I wanted to ask you if you do you wear any of that hate that your dad, you know, wears about Fidel Castro? And I asked that because, you know, when the whole Colin Kaepernick thing came up and of course he's fighting for right what's righteous and everything like that. But at the same time, when he showed up with the Fidel Castro T-shirt on, a lot of Cuban brothers and sisters, they kind of, you know, was like, hey, I see what you're trying to do. But understand that Fidel Castro was over in Cuba, like, you know, um, Oppressing people. So. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, so with communism, what my dad taught me, like, it looks good on paper, but when you live it, like, it's different. Like, anything you read, like, yeah, it looks good, but when you actually live it, it's a different situation. Like, it's just, it's not what the picture paints to be. So, you know, like, he, when he would see stuff like that, he would get real mad because, like, it's, to him, it's ignorant. And it's like, you know, you you never lived that life. So, like, why are you trying to bring that here? You don't know what you're, you know, speaking what into, you, yeah, you what you're bringing. So, like. Yeah. And that's such a popular shirt with the yeah. Fidel Castro on it. It's like. really, like, Che Guevara, too. I don't know if y'all know who Che Guevara is. but he. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They say he was, a, like, a really bad person, too, huh? Yes, son, Cuba. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of people praise him yeah. and stuff, but he killed a lot of Cubans. Yeah. Like, mm. Like, a real Cuban knows not to wear uh, his stuff. Like, because yeah. he killed a lot of... Y'all know the people. shirt. Y'all done seen the shirt before. All Especially black people, we wear the shirt. Like, yeah, have you... Well, I can't explain how the shirt looked. But yeah, you I can't. Seen yeah. The shirt before. I, maybe I seen it. Just don't. Yeah, didn't know actually, what it was. Google that and, and add it in. So how do you spell that? How you? Che Guevara, C-H-E, and then Guevara is G-E-R-V... E-R-A. I don't know if it already popped yeah. up. It's yeah. a it's a popular shirt. You'll be able to find it this quickly. Pop straight up. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we wear that shirt, and I heard that I seen it. Actually, I seen it on the Joe Rogan podcast where he was saying like, you know, that dude. Uh, the, he was talking to somebody. He was like, that's a that was a horrible dude. Like he like a murderer. Like a yes, he was definitely. And Fidel is too. Like yeah. Fidel would oppress you. Like if you tried to seem any better than him, yeah. like he would kill you. It's like crazy. Real, like if you went to the Olympics mm-hmm. and you as a Cuban and you failed. Mm-hmm. You're not coming back home. It's crazy. Like you would, he would kill you. Crazy. Damn. Yeah, it's like it was all perfection. Like it was like a utopia almost. Like he just, he wanted you to be the best to represent. Like, I don't mean to get too far into the weeds, but now that we have somebody that's of that descent, maybe we can get a little bit more education about it. A lot of people talk about Fidel Castro, and I think that's what Colin Kaepernick was talking about. Was Fidel Castro's, I think it was social communism programs, like his a lot of his programs with education and stuff, a lot of people praise that. And that's the reason why Colin Kaepernick was wearing the, the T-shirt that he was wearing, not to kind of praise Fidel Castro and his, his oppression, but more so to speak on, hey, this is the type of education reform we need in America because our education system is bad. So I didn't know how much you, how much of that yeah, you knew so about. I'm, my grandma, she used to teach in Cuba. Like, she used to be a teacher. And from what, like, my dad would tell me, what she would tell me, like, I feel like their education, like, the way they educate their kids mm-hmm. is definitely, like, it has a much bigger impact than 
how we get educated. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how we get educated, I like it. But um, I'm more open to how they get educated. So my grandma said, you know, the same amount of kids, the same kids she got on pre-K mm-hmm. are the same kids she's had her whole life till they graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, you know, you get the same kids. You already know your kids. You know how each one learns throughout time, the longer you're with them. Like, you know, each year we get a different teacher. Mm-hmm. Each teacher, we're like, they don't know us. They don't know, they don't know how we are. Mm-hmm. And it's towards the end of the year when they get used to us and they kind of teach us how we already know. So it's like, I feel like, you know, their way is more, how do you say hands it? Hands-on, maybe? I mean, yes, hands-on, but it's more... Um, it's more like family, family-based, family like, well, like I don't know. More effective. Yeah, more it's effective. more effective. Okay. Like, um, they just, they're around you, like, for all those years, 13-plus years. Mm-hmm. So they get to know you more. They get to know how you learn. So it's like, there's no child left behind that is not effective, like, yeah. you know, because yeah. we're not really, some people can know more stuff and the other people won't. So it's like, you know, you as a teacher, you can kind of keep everybody on the same level because you already know how to teach this group and this group and this group. So. Yeah. I think it just goes back to what you said. Like, you know, even Colin Kaepernick, for example, he can sit and say all he want to, but he never got a chance to live that. He mm-hmm. never got a chance yeah. to go through what your father went through and dealing with the, you know, the BS and all of that. So. Yeah, and, like, they, even in school, like, they, from a young age, like, they're teaching you, like, these chants. Like, you have to sing chants, like, Fidel Castro's yeah. the greatest. Da, 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 da. Like my Crazy. dad to this day, he knows it word for word. Because yeah. he had to mm-hmm. sing it every single day mm-hmm. in school. I remember when I went to church when I was younger, it was another Cuban lady. Mm-hmm. And my dad and her were talking, and they sung the song together. together. That Like the same words, yeah. word for word. It was crazy. Like my dad told me when they were young, like, because, you know, they don't believe in God and stuff. They mm-hmm. you, ha- you can't believe in God. Like mm-hmm. my dad, teachers would literally give him an A+. Plus, just to tell him, go outside and beat that dude. He he like he loves Jesus. He's uh, a Christian. Like uh, go outside and, and throw rocks at him, stone him. Yeah. Damn. And yeah, it's like literally my dad, he would get AIDS because of that. Like literally, if you were gay, if you um believed in God, whatever you were, that was different from what they wanted you to be. Like, yeah, you would definitely get beat up. Teachers would definitely do what they could. Like if um, you know, when you graduated, um, they would give you the diploma, right? All those years, all everything you put in, all that work. And they would ask you, they're like, do you believe in God? Yeah. If you say yes, they're Take ripping it, it in yeah. your face. So all those years that you worked, everything you put into, you can't even have it no more. Wow. Mm-hmm. Those are the parts that people don't talk about. Yes. My dad, he would tell me, like, at a young age, like, they would, from pre-K, like, they would tell the kids, you know, you're a kid. You get taught how you think, you know? And so, like, kids, they would tell them, close your eyes and hold out your hand. They would hold out their hand. They would ask God for a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. When they open their eyes, there's no candy. Like, okay, hold out your hand. Ask Fidel for a piece of candy. They ask Fidel, Fidel, give me a piece of candy. Candy. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, from a young age. Psychologically. Like, it's psychological. It's mm-hmm. propaganda. It's what they install in your heads. Like, they would have... Um, commercials of America to make you scared to come to America. You know, America's a better life, to say. And um, so they would just show, like, you know, people starving, like homeless people. And, okay, if you go to America, that's the life you're going to live. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so it's just... That's the evil it, shit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really... Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just glad we can get that education on there. Like that's extremely important yeah. for us to know. Especially I never like, knew that. Yeah, because I mean we that's the thing. Like they don't put that in the books. Like it looks pretty on paper. And yes, my dad will even admit that to you. Like Cuban, uh, not Cuban, um, communism is very beautiful on paper. It looks mm-hmm. very good. It sounds good. Everything is. It almost seems perfect. But when you start to live that life, people start abusing that power yeah. Yeah. because when you're in control, is one person in control. Things start to get in your head. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are, but once you have that power, it's consumes easy to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it consumes yeah. you. I'm gonna be honest. The, the idea of chants and the national anthem, all that stuff is stupid anyway. Like, why mm-hmm. do we need to stand up before sports events and proclaim our love for our country? Like, 
the idea of that is just like either you love it or you don't. And there's always going to be people within the country that don't. Like you're stroking somebody's ego. Yeah, like who who are we doing this for? Because we're not doing it for each (laughs) other. Because as you were talking about the chance for Fidel Castro, first thing I thought about is the Pledge of Allegiance. Like that's Mm -hmm. what we that's what we said, you know, Mm -hmm. before school each morning. So it's just like, why do we have to do this? Like, you know, it's always going to be people that it's immigrants that come over. They they have a different culture, but we tell them to sing the Pledge of Allegiance every day. But it's like, is that saying that they can't, you know, sing their own chants Mm -hmm. and stuff like that? So I feel like. We kind of do that in America to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's everywhere, honestly. But, like, in certain countries, they're more able to, you know, bring it out more yeah. than other countries. Like, America, if we had to sing to Joe Biden every fucking day, <laughs> like, <laughs> was, it was like, okay, that's kind of suspicious. Like, but man, fuck Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but in Cuba, if you, you have to it, sing Joe. to Fidel, it's like... You know, it's normal. Yeah, so. I mean, like, like you said, communism. It, it would be the ideal thing if mm-hmm. you had a perfect person in leadership, mm-hmm. but that's just not the no perfect person. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. No person is perfect, mm-hmm. and you'll get consumed with power. You know, it is. It is crazy. I got a theory on um, just to get back because we went deep into to all of that. <laughs> uh, just to get back to like the poetry and uh, the idea of arts and everything. I got a theory on. Um, uh, on art is through like a the way I say it is is like this so everything is violence right mm-hmm. I say everything is violence and peace can only come through the healing process after mm-hmm. the violence has occurred initially mm-hmm. what do y'all take from that when I say something like that I just feel like a person is not like when you're not fully healed you are carrying that hurt on you so like you know you're constantly hurting people because hurt people hurt people absolutely so like you know you're not completely healed from certain situations like things from your childhood even you're carrying that trauma on your energy you can transfer energy so you're carrying those spirits that energy everywhere you go and you're not healing you you're not facing you you're running away from it but they're still behind you and so you know like Everything can be an attack to you when you're not healed. But when you're healed, you view things from a more clear perspective, a more calm perspective. And so, like, you know, anything anybody could do, it could trigger you. And when you're triggered, you become a little more aggressive, a little more violent. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, that's what I take from it. Hey, Roscoe, do me a favor. Push that mic just a little bit closer to to, uh, Christine's uh, face just a little bit. Christine, just make sure you stay in the mic just a little mm-hmm, bit. Because you're cutting out. No, you good. You good. Not you going to hit my face. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> he will. Okay. He done hit a couple faces. <laughs> with the mic. I, swear I think had. I already hit it twice. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, but, no, I mean, that's that's pretty much uh What do you think, Scott? I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of lit. And I was sitting here trying to think of some shit. I'm like, ah, nah, ain't nothing wrong with being up. lit, brother. Ain't nothing wrong being lit. I'm glad you lit. I hope your mama see this. <laughs> <laughs> she watch every episode. You gonna see it. It's Terry your fault, mama. He said pull us up. I did. So I can't even get deep on the podcast. Now they know who I am. They know. He my gonna spirit. get me drunk and ask his deep ass question. <laughs> <laughs> they know who I am and they know my spirit, so they know. Like, it's like I'm a good guy, but say yo, say yo, the theory one more time. You said everything is violence and healing can only through, mm-hmm. come through art, right? Uh, no, everything is violence, and then. Uh, the healing part is peace. The healing part is peace. Yeah, uh, it, re- it reminds me of the saying like you know, it gotta get worse before it can get better. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like this, that's what I got from it. Me and Roscoe been had kind of like a um, uh, a thing with an individual that we know personally. Uh, where I always tell people, it, in order for to make somebody understand something, or people, like people, us, because of the way we are and how we built. Us to understand something, it has to be something dramatic, harsh. It's like it has yeah. to be like quick and aggressive and violent. Like, and it doesn't violence doesn't necessarily mean like hitting or, or bloodshed. Mm-hmm. Like none of it. It's like you don't realize that you don't realize the idea of God and and God is ever forever present and all of that until. You just went and shot somebody in the face, and now you got to do 30 years to life in prison. And you're around all this violence and all this madness. In the moments, in the chaos, and the violence, that's the only time you can realize, like, that I need to make a change. And through that, that's when you gain your peace. 
That's exactly what I mean. Everything, no matter what we do, is all violent. Even the whole concept, the idea of working out, losing weight, is all violence from the slamming of the weights to the burning of the calories. Mm-hmm. You know, sex is continuous back and forth motion and all that. That's violent. And nothing that we do doesn't have that idea mm-hmm. of violence in mm-hmm. it. But it's only through orgasm or only through the idea of you losing weight, looking good, that you can see that you can find that peace. I do agree that you have to go through something to, you know, to have something revealed to you. But it's also how you respond to that, because a lot of people stay in that. And prison is a good example. It's like Muhammad Ali, not Muhammad Ali, uh, Malcolm X, for example. He had to go through bondage and going through prison before he was converted. Absolutely. You know, and then, but it wasn't until he was caught after doing something violent, and then he sat. And he had nothing else to sit with but himself. So that was peace for him. Mm-hmm. And then he realized, I need to make a change or I'll be in this solitary. But that's what it is for me. It's like a lot of people don't know how to be to themselves. And that's what the pandemic taught a lot of people. It's yeah. just like if you can't sit with yourself, then you can't realize what you've done and go through that self-evaluation like you talk about. Yeah. But Roscoe, I think you've said it before. A lot of people scared to sit with themselves yeah. because they don't want to look in the mirror and say, damn, I didn't did something. So their only outlet is to go out and do make themselves as busy as possible to distract from the fact mm-hmm. that they got stuff going on at home. And that's why things happen again and again. Like you said, some people keep going through the same I things so. because they never really healed from it or yeah. they never really learned from it. And what life is funny because they will keep – bringing you the same problems over and over again yeah. until you finally get that epiphany and you're like, wait a minute, this is what this is. Like, I need to learn from that, you know? And that's when it'll stop because it already taught you the lesson. Now, it will come back in the future to test you. That's what life likes to do. They like to test you a lot and they like to see if you really learn because you may know it in the moment, you may acknowledge, you may feel guilty in the moment. You're like, okay, I will never do it again. But then when that opportunity comes back around, yeah. are you really not going to do it yeah. again? So, you know. Yeah, me, you, me and Terry, we were just kind of talking about that the other day when, you know, just talking about people just going repeating that same cycle mm-hmm. like, over and over, just staying stagnant. And, you know, if you're a person trying to do better and you're around that person, it's draining. It is. Yeah. You know, it's so draining. It's like you don't want to lose, you know, you don't want to leave those people behind, but you have to. Because sometimes, yeah, and sometimes you can't carry people into your next chapter. And that's what's holding you back from your blessing because you're too scared to let go. So, you know, you just have to let go of that, you know, like Erica Badu, bag lady, Uh, you know, don't carry too much. Because if you carry too much, you know, you... Dead weight. You're going up the hill, but you got this dead weight on your Mm -hmm. back. It makes it harder to go up the hill, so got to pack light. Man, this is the reality, though. This shit is so easy. <laughs> Life is easy. We make it, it complicated. It's the people that yeah. just make it we hard. This, make this it stuff is so easy to do. The idea that you and your significant other, y'all can just get together and create something so great. And all you have to do is stay consistent and keep producing. And after a while, y'all uh, achieve everything that y'all ever wanted. It's mm-hmm. literally that simple. But along the way, you got these barriers. You got this pride. You got conscious. Mm-hmm. You got other individuals coming in that's interfering with that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess it, it's not so simple then in that case because it started to become complex. It, the more it can be too. simple. It can be simple. Yeah. We make it hard. We and, do. Uh, we make it it's hard. It's just like our emotion, yeah. the communication, like staying on the same page, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, staying consistent because one day I may feel like a 30% and he may feel like a 70%. Yeah. So he may have to put a little more and I may have to put a little more okay. one day. So, you know, it's like we all kind of fluctuate day by day. So, you know, just kind of being noticed of that. Um, talking about you and Dejan's situation, Christine, makes me think about um, Tabitha Brown and her her husband. I don't know if y'all seen what had happened this past week with I Wendy. Mm-hmm. With, with, I, I, pre- I figured you had T. But Wendy Williams had uh, just f- out the blue just kind of talked about um, Tabitha Brown and her husband. I don't even know her husband's name, but she she's, he was a police officer. Yeah, basically they had come into agreement that he would go to work for five years. The, the, the initial agreement was five years. It turned into 15, though, mm-hmm. um, while she chased her dreams and, you know, chased after what she's into now. And, you know, 
she was like, I'll retire you after that. And she's gotten to a place where she can do that now. But Wendy Williams caught wind of that. And the produ- I, you could tell it was the producers just feeding it to her. Mm-hmm. But because she started out by saying, you know, um, I don't first of all, I don't know this woman, but I've seen this before. And she projected her own insecurities and in her marriage with her ex-husband or whatever and saying mm-hmm. that man's just going to cheat on you if, you know, if you let him take care of you like that. But that makes me think about you and Dejan and what um, T was just saying about how two partners can come together in agreement and, you know, build something. But there has to be that agreement first. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I mean, yeah, like if if you communicate it effectively and stuff, I feel like, yeah. And if you trust your partner, like, you know, what everybody says on the outside is really not. Matter. It doesn't matter because I mean, what they see on the outside, they don't know what's going on on the inside. You never know what's going on on the inside. Only those people who are in know what is going on. Took the words right out so, of Yeah. So like you know, we may say something and we may come to agreement and we may feel a certain way about it. But when that's why you know I don't like to tell too many people about like if me and him have a problem, it's a problem between me and him, yeah. and I don't like to really tell my friends. I don't like to like, go to other people. Now sometimes if I feel like I'm tripping, yes, I ask for some advice. Like, okay, how do you feel? You know, am I right to feel like this and stuff like that? But I rarely do that because like you know I have him to communicate to, yeah. and so you know like um, I just feel like a lot of people on the outside. They project their insecurities, like he said, you know, their past traumas, things that they haven't healed from. So, you know, they project that on you. They give that energy to you and it makes you think certain things. It kind of like distorts the the image of your relationship and what you already know. So, you know, that's why you kind of have to be careful of those outside voices because they can really kind of twist your whole perception yeah. of your relationship that you know about that y'all know about yeah. so you can't let those outside voices get too much into what y'all already know a lot of times like some of my friends come to me talking about their relationship i just listen yeah i'm not to plant no bad season mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you just yeah. listen they literally talking to you because they just need somebody to talk to exactly they can't talk to their person right now yeah. so they just talking to you mm-hmm. and that person you know that they talk to have to understand that like, yes and that's why you have yeah. to be careful like mm-hmm. each friend serves a different purpose and you may have friends like that yeah. like that will just listen like i used to be that friend i would just listen like yeah. Now, if I knew, like, it was obvious you were wrong, yeah, 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 I'll be like, okay, you know, you kind of fucked up. Like, she has a reason to think like that. But at the same time, like, I see where you're coming from. Like, at the end of the day, I kind of, like, understood where both sides were coming from. But I would would point out, too, like, I would be honest with you at the end of the day. And I got to give it it even to Roscoe, of course. Like, Roscoe, I'm one of them friends that be coming talking shit to him a lot of times. He was talking about me. (laughs) I appreciate that, Roscoe. But I'm one of the friends who come to him a lot of the time, and I got to give it to him. Like, he does do a great job of listening. I even said that, said that to you once before. Like, like, bro, I just want a motherfucker to listen. Mm-hmm. I don't need your opinion. I already know what's going on. Right. I just want to get this out, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's out my head. Yeah. Because you can't head. keep things bottled in for uh-huh. so long. Absolutely. That's what drives you crazy yeah. at the end of the day. You kind of have to let it out, but you have to be careful who you let it out yeah. to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I got a coworker of mine I used to work with. She used to be like, I tell my friends, before they start venting, do you want advice or do you want me to listen? Because mm-hmm. it can't be both. Like, mm-hmm. I can't listen to you and then give you advice. Because some people, like y'all said, they just want you to, they already know what to do. They just want somebody to listen to them. Yeah. Or some people know what they're about to do is wrong, but they want that friend that's going to validate yeah. them yeah. and push them over the edge so they no, know, yeah. okay, they can blame <laughs> it on them later on and be like, well, this is what you told me to do. I done been that friend. So listen, me too. <laughs> I had this guy I used to work with. He would come to me. He's like, he would be talking as if, like, he just needed that extra yeah, the extra mm, to like <laughs> go and do what he want. I said, "Fuck it, do it." Yeah, I, I said, "Don't be no bitch about it when you do it, though." That's me. That's me. Bro. I swear to God, don't be coming here feeling guilty. No, stay on this side. And yeah, you did it, you cheated. Energy, stay over there. Keep that energy. Yeah. <laughs> Live with it. Yeah. That's me every time. Do that shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, because that's what you want. That's what you, you want. You want to do that stupid ass shit. Do that shit, nigga. Yeah, fuck up your whole family, your whole relationship. Do that stupid ass shit. And come on, let me lay down. Come on, let me lay down. Yeah, so I can talk to your stupid ass. Yeah, yeah. Nah, 
real talk, real talk. Ain't nothing worth like. Listen, we say that we it's the the cliche expression, love conquers all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, but it's some truth to that because it's nothing like uh, love. It's nothing like having that in that moment and being able to love and being able to really um, have that other that person, your person to love you. And I think you hit it right on the head. How old are you? I'm 22. 22. 22. You are young, and that is the one of the most mature statements that I not heard a person say. Say, and when you said that, you know, a lot of the times, what me and him got going on is between me and him. Like, I think a lot of people need to take a page from that book mm-hmm. because what you and him got going on or what you and your other, or even not just you and your relationship, uh, as far as like your relationship with your partner, but relationship with friends and everything. Yeah, y'all have it really goes on. with everybody. Because like I said, Absolutely. every friend serves a different purpose. Yeah. So, you know, me and him, like we have uh, a certain relationship and then, you know, like me and you, yeah. it would be completely different. Yeah. So if I was to yeah. talk to you on a level I talked to him, it would uh. be kind of like throwing you off. Yeah. And he's Absolutely. like, what is this? Absolutely. So it's like, you know, we communicate a certain way. I communicate with my friend a certain way. So like, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, um, I communicate with my friend a certain way. So, you know, I can't speak to her in a, I can speak to him in a way that he understands and speak to her in a completely different way and she'll understand it. The same message. So it's like, you know, you can't really carry the same thing with every friend and you can't mm-hmm. really, you know, project that same problems with every friend because one friend may be nosy yeah. and they just want to know your business. Yeah, yeah. Another friend, they just want to listen and be that helping hand. Yeah. And then another friend could be envious and they want to sabotage what you got going on. Yeah. So that's why you have to be careful with the outside, who you vent to, who you share things with, and how you communicate with each one. Because at the end of the day, what your problem is between y'all two or me and him or you and me or whatever the case may be, only we can understand that. But they won't get it like we would, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's good. I want you to keep that mindset always. A lot of the time of people, well, with people, we have to reinforce that those ideals. We have to, like, continuously remind ourselves of, you know, our values and our principles. I want you to always hold on to that because I think if you continue to think that way, it can take you a long way, and you'll avoid a lot of heartache. I had to learn the hard way. Demo said last episode. I don't know which episode. It's one of these episodes we're going to post. We post them out of order sometimes. <laughs> Demo said, you know, one of my weaknesses is, for me, is that I care too much. Or not in that it that wasn't verbatim, but basically, like, I give. I, I, I want to help. I want to jump in, and I want to help people. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time, for my sanity, when I was your age, I'll give you an example, and I'm going to finish my thought. But I just want to give you an example. When I was your age, when I was 22, I was in the military, and I was losing a lot of my hair. You know, I was losing my my hair. I was having, like, patches in my head from losing my hair because of stress, Mm -hmm. because I had to balance so much. I had to – it's so many people I had to play so many different roles to, whether it's father, whether it's it's brother. It's just so many – so much of that. And I carried the burden of all of these people, right? And to just even go, I just want you to have that in mind while I'm saying what I'm saying. But to finish that thought, what I was saying, if I had knew what you just said in those moments and took the time to understand, like, you, you're not their father, you're right. not their brother. If I had took the time to understand that in those moments and just understand this is my relationship with you, these are my boundaries, these are the things that I will accept and won't accept. Mm-hmm then I could have saved myself so much heartache and so much money and so much, like, mental, like, overload, so. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, going back to what he said, like, you just want to help people. A lot of times you have to be careful who you help because, you know, everybody has karma. So, you know, like we said in the past, you know, you don't really end a cycle until you really learn the cycle. Right. So, like, if you help somebody who's in that process of learning that cycle, you're stopping them from really ending it. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, like, you have to be careful who you help because sometimes those people deserve that. As hard as it may seem to our eyes, like, we're seeing, like, damn, you don't deserve that. But you don't know what that person went through in their past life or you don't know what they're going through now or what they did to put them in that predicament. Exactly. You got to let them suffer. You got to let them, but you have to be careful. Yeah. Because you have to know if you should help them or if you, or if they need to 
really go through that. It's true. I never like thought of that. Your coworker, I guess, like he was cheating and stuff. Like yeah, he he's gonna to. have to go through those motions. You <laughs> can't help him. You can't help him. Like that nigga was cheating. What? You said he was cheating. What? He wanted to so bad. Those, uh, that cycle you can't really help him because at the end of the day what he thought was wrong and you know he he's not gonna he's gonna continue to fall into that that um adultery yeah. at the end of the day because he's not learning like it's wrong and you don't really learn like until you're placed in that predicament like and you know how it feels yeah. and it's like wow like okay this is what it feels like to be on the mm-hmm. other side of the coin like it's just you have to be careful who you help now listen you just fucked me up. I'm gonna be <laughs> right because me I'm gonna too. tell you like so I never put it in that perspective in that way. So essentially, what you just said was, and I want to make sure I like put this out to the people who listen to the podcast. A lot of the times, you have to let people fight their own battles. You yeah. gotta get out of the way. Yeah. You gotta get out of their way because mm-hmm. they'll only get to where they need to be by experiencing that themselves. Yes. Uh, that was, that has. Truly, see, we learn shit on Chop by T every day. Every, every day. time we do it. That has truly been one of my shortcomings in life. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I always try to intervene because I've had the, I'm going to say, privilege of being, of having one of the hardest, most knowledgeable teachers. Mm-hmm. And that teacher is life. Mm-hmm. And because in those moments I had to learn from life and it was a struggle and it was hard and I was going bald and I was stressed and I was losing weight, I was gaining weight, I was entertaining relationships that I shouldn't have been entertaining, mm-hmm. whether it's with dudes in the streets or whether it's with women that I know mean me know well. Mm-hmm. In those moments I had to learn from life. And when I see people going through that exact same thing that I'm going through, I just want to carry them, grab them, out of them and just like, no, don't do that. But what you just said was, no, let them live that so they can become the man that I am now. Because mm-hmm, life is all about experience and your choices. Your choices affect your experience. So whatever choice you have, like, it can affect the outcome. Like, you can tell a child not to touch the stove because it's hot. The child will never know the stove is hot until they touch it. So, you know, like a child with a burnt hand, they experienced it. Now they know they will never touch a stove again mm-hmm. when it's hot. Now a child who has not, does not have a burnt hand, they will forever live like wondering, is it really hot until they touch it? So, you know, you never really, you have to gain experience at the end of the day. And that makes you a wiser person. Like now you can, you know, the other child can tell a child like, nah, like look at my burn. This is what that does to you. Like don't touch it. And then that child, if, they're wise enough. They'll look at that burn and be like, "I don't want that to happen to me." Again. So you know, I'm not gonna touch it. Man, and I want to clear. I want to. Thank you. Some hand clap you can't hear him, but some hand clap. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to give that context because I know a lot of people will twist up shit. Yeah. She's not. Christine is not saying take your child's hand and put it on the stove right. so they can learn <laughs> what the shit feel like. Because you know, there's some crazy people out in the world. They might. They might. Maverick might need to touch. He might need to touch. Do not put your child's hand on the stove intentionally. That's not what she's saying. But but nah, it is important to know that. And I always think of it in terms of the real world. Mm -hmm. The real world will chew you up and spit you out. Mm -hmm. So in terms of that hot stove, Mm -hmm. explain to your child or somebody like that's the real that's the real world right there. So if you go out there fucking around in the off in the real world and you thinking that you the biggest, baddest, invincible and all that type of stuff. You're going to get caught up in life. You're going to get burnt. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's going to teach you. And like, don't do that no more. Exactly. Day. It leaves a scar. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing with people, it. though. Like, if you've seen me go through certain shit, right? Yeah. You've seen me go through certain shit. And I come back and tell you, don't do that. You yeah. just seen what the fuck that did to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you go right and do the same thing. Uh-huh. I can't be around you. Let's and go. I'm not you, though. I'm, I'm but me. I, I, I get that. Uh-huh. But. But it's just like that child, they still have the choice. Like, when they see that burn, they can either think one or two things. Like, okay, one, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to risk the chance of me getting burned. And then you have the second thought. It's like... But maybe I can try that shit. Try this maybe me. I'm not gonna get burned. <laughs> you know, like maybe I can find a way around it and not get burned. So you know, it's just like you have those people that kind of want to take that risk. So you can't help it. You just gotta let them feel that shit. But I get exactly what Sco coming from because mm-hmm. what Sco was saying is is 
you know, yeah, you can go live your life, but if you are touching stoves, I can't be fucking with I you. Because no, yeah, at the end of the day, that's the energy you're yeah, around. Because you're going to come back to me to help you. Yeah. Like, I, I can't heal you your wounds. Do you got to yeah. heal it on your own. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I feel that. I feel that. But, you know, I, again, it just all goes back. So many layers to life. Life mm-hmm. is so complicated. And, and I think, you know, the most beautiful thing about life, I mean, life is poetry. You know, it's poetry in motion. If the most beautiful thing about life is when you living in the moments and you doing it, you figure out these mistakes and you just yeah. tweaking it and you making it work along the way. It's things that caused me so much pain in my past that now I look at it and I just laugh about it. Like, wow, you was really done for in the moments. Like yeah. when she broke your heart or <laughs> when this person that you held on such a high pedestal disappointed you, it's like it's laughable now. And you can look back and you can learn from the mistakes. And again, like you said, you can look at that wound and you can say, wow, you burnt me, motherfucker. But <laughs> I know never to get right. burnt again. Mm-hmm. Right. Most definitely. Those things, those experiences, they definitely shape you. And they also help you with your choices, future on in life. Because at the end of the day, we never, the problems never stop. They always keep coming. Always, Every time. Time. always keep coming. It's just the way you handle it. Your character. Your, I heard this quote. It said, your character is not defined by what you go through, but how you react to what Absolutely. you go through. So, like, you know, if you continue to react the same way, that cycle is not ending. But if you find a better way to react, be more calm, be more confident, you can see things in a more clear view. So, you know, to handle a problem once you've already been through it again and again, you know, I'm always going to be good in the end. So what's the point of me stressing, you know? True. So wanna, when it comes to, oh, go ahead, Sco. Or I, I, I was going to say, I want to ask you, because um, uh, we talked about it in the beginning. You got a couple businesses and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Or just, it's two of them, right? Yes. Um, so I have my Lash Appeal, which is like my lash business. Um, but I kind of stopped that a while back. Um, it was the first business I ever started and went through. I sold lashes, silk scarves, and health hairpins, and a lot of people liked my stuff. It was like a reflection of my style. At the end of the day, like, your business is a reflection of you. Absolutely. So, you know, it was a reflection of my style, what I liked, and stuff like that. And then I had to stop because I wanted to do something else. Like, it was just like, I like this, but I feel like, you know, it's not what I want to start doing. So, you know, I started doing drinks because I always wanted to be a bartender or a mixologist, like I always looked into that, right. but I never really made it an effect because, you know, every time I had a job with serving, it was always a level. Like you had to serve first and then be a bartender, but you never knew how long that was going to be. Right. It could be like 10 years or 10 months, but at the end of the day, I didn't want to wait that long. Right. Like, you know, I wanted to start now, but so I started Mixing my own drinks, yeah. making my own, um, what I thought was good, you know. I started selling them. People started buying. They like it. And, you know, so that's when I started getting my name around. But It's going to cash you out today. I was going to cash you out today. I wish I would have started. Yeah. If I would have, yeah. Uh, Demo going to put all the social medias in there and everything. And mm-hmm. I'm a, I definitely uh, be in contact with you. Like I said, we, we got a couple live shows we're going to throw in the future. Damn, yeah. did I just give an exclusive? You did. Damn. That was supposed to be a surprise. But I can did. edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We got some things coming up or whatever, and, you know, it can work both ways. Uh, we can have uh, Dejan as the DJ and you as the person in there serving drinks, so it'll work out. I'll definitely be in contact with you. Most definitely. About yeah. that, about your drinks. Like I said, we was going to cash you out today if you had a brawl son. We doing some stuff. We ain't celebrating the 4th, though. Right. We celebrate Juneteenth. <laughs> we just so happen it's the 4th of July weekend, so we're going to barbecue and turn that's, up. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and if a nigga have on red, white, and blue, they just have on red, white, and blue. We, we can say that's the colors of the podcast. So I mean, you know, those now, are the colors. We just want to see the fireworks and we want right, to eat good, right. but it's not anything else to it. Right, right, right. So, yeah, we gonna uh, we was going to just buy some for that. And, and mm-hmm. just I was going to bring the drinks that you made over there. But I know mm-hmm. you said you had some stuff going, so you couldn't. But yeah. we'll definitely be in contact with you and everything. And listen, like, I appreciate you for coming on. You yes. got a bright future ahead of you. No, thank you. I really appreciate that. Music. You do. Keep, stay focused and keep grinding. And it's going to get hard. You already know that already. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. Mm-hmm. But just keep grinding and stay focused and, and you know, uh, stay the course. You know, you got, it seemed like you got good people around you. It seemed like you got good energy around you. And stay focused and keep going.
You got anything else you want to just throw in as far as like uh, something you may have coming up? Any shows with poetry or anything? Like um, that? no. I'm gonna start my drink business probably in the middle of this month, mm-hmm. July. Um, I'm gonna start back, and this time I'm gonna be way more consistent. Like I was consistent the last few months, but you know, I was in the process of moving and stuff, so you know I had to kind of step back. But Same. I'm coming back, and this time when I come back, it's gonna definitely every month, every single weekend. So. And Demo gonna throw the social media in there for your drink and mm-hmm. everything. And then if anybody needs me to cater, I'm here. Like I am willing to cater, and um, yeah, just. Let me know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Y'all got anything else? Um, I'm good. Uh, we could have, we yeah. could definitely keep going with this all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, 100%. Like I said, you know, uh, that's what we come here for. These type of conversations, we love and we enjoy these type of conversations. You really taught me something today. This whole time, I was thinking this nigga Fidel was. Fucking Italian, bro. I heard that somewhere. Was that a conspiracy theory or something? I'm never wrong about these types of things. Bro. You're wrong today, I'm wrong today. Look at you. You love that I'm shit. I'm happy. That shit is so Static. crazy. I thought, I don't know. But anyway, you educated us, and we truly, we truly appreciate everything allowing us to step into that. And I know your family on both sides will be extremely proud of the way you demonstrated that and the way you put that out there today. Uh, listen, man, look. This is the Chop by T Podcast. We'll get real, raw, authentic barbershop conversation. Until next time. I'm so glad I got my own. Still get money.